Where's my pizza? The challenge for drone delivery. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Arthur Hall and Michelle, co-director of the Center for the Study of the Drone at New York's Bard College and author of Eyes in the Sky. Welcome, Arthur. Hi, it's great to be here. So how did you become so involved with drones? So it's a, it's a funny story, actually. It had nothing to do with my academic background. I was a student in uh, around 2011, and I started getting interested in the topic because it felt important and mysterious and complex. And uh, then I had this crazy idea. Maybe we should really study it seriously. And so I started this small institute at the college that I was attending at the time, Bard College, uh, to study drones. And we called it literally the Center for the Study of the Drone. And by the time I graduated in May of 2013, um, you know, the idea had gained enough traction that we decided to run with it a little further. And here we are seven years uh, later. Well, congratulations on that anniversary. One trend that will take us into the next decade is parcel delivery using drones. Who's using drone delivery today and for what kind of cargo and how is it working out for them? So drone deliveries is one of these long running dreams. I remember um, pretty soon after I started the center, Jeff Bezos made world headlines when he announced on 60 Minutes that he was going to deliver Amazon packages in 30 minutes or less to your door by a drone. How cool is that? And since that day, the most common question I get asked at parties and other events when I say I, I study drones is, when are we going to get drone deliveries? And the fact of the matter is, it's not quite there yet. It turns out to be one of those technological dreams that is a little harder to achieve, both in terms of the technology and also policy, than one would like to think or one would like to hope. There are a few main players at the moment. Amazon is still very much involved. Also Alphabet, Alphabet span off a company called uh, a Wing that is doing a very similar concept. And uh, then uh, there's a, a company called Zipline, which is focused on medical drone deliveries, delivering urgent medical supplies. And then um, UPS has actually just got involved uh, with its subsidiary, Flight Forward. And they've just in the last couple of months started doing small delivery pilot programs in the US. We're talking baby steps here. Well, I, I'm one of those people at the party, Arthur. I, I want to know when this is going to happen. And I'm, ha I'm happy to see that this is happening in baby steps. So, but explain to us then, what is the, the last mile challenge that shippers are having? Well, essentially what they want to do is to automate the process. I mean, it really comes down to a question of automation and the fact that air travel is the most efficient way to get something from point A to point B, because you don't have to follow roads, you don't need a big vehicle, you know, you can put it in an individual targeted drone that will fly directly as the crow flies from the distribution center or the fulfillment center or what have you directly to your doorstep. And not only that, unlike a delivery van, it does it autonomously. So you're cutting down on the human hours element uh, there. Those are the main sort of benefits. And then the other part of it is that it's, it's going to be faster and then it's, uh, I mean, also kind of cool. You know, I, I, let's not deny that these companies are trying to be on the, the cutting edge, the bleeding edge, and what is more sort of sci-fi than having drones delivering packages to your door. 
Not a whole lot, Arthur. That's definitely at the top. But I would say when this, when we first, you know, started seeing drones uh, flying around, I, I, I was one of the first people to have a drone, and, and just like everybody else, we've had a lot of fun with them. But there are certainly citizens that um, aren't as receptive to to drone activity. How people were shooting them out of the sky, in fact. So, how is the general public right now reacting to having drones overhead? As I understand, my sense is that um, people are of either one of two minds when it comes to delivery drones. They're either all about it, they are super excited, they're like, yes, let's do it. I'm going to be the first person to click the drone delivery option when I buy something online. And then there are the people who are like, no way, no way in hell. I do not want drones flying over my backyard. I care about my privacy. I care about my seclusion. I care about my safety. Um, there doesn't seem to be all that much in the middle between those two opinions. Now, there, I don't think there has been a really rigorous polling to figure out how much of the population feels one way versus another way. But as you mentioned, that there are um, a lot of concerns that, that that people have raised around this uh, around this topic that go to those things that I just mentioned: privacy, uh, safety, and, and 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 security. And and that's where the industry is going to have to do some legwork to convince not only people, regular citizens, but also regulators that they can do this, that they can do drone deliveries without raising those concerns, if that makes sense. But to your point, Arthur, surely commercial drone operators gather data about the property over which they're flying the aircraft, right? So what expectations of privacy and data usage rights do landowners have? Well, the, the truth is not much when it comes to uh, data collection from the air. The air is considered public space and any imagery that is collected from public spaces is fair game. If you can be seen from the sky, well, it's your fault for not protecting yourself from, from the sky adequately. The issue is that that standard was created at a time long before drones existed. It, it was created at a time when it was very expensive very labor intensive and very difficult to collect imagery from the sky. And so that sort of created a natural privacy barrier. It naturally limited how much data could be collected from the sky. If the, that rule or had been created in the context of drones, um, the, the big sort of million or billion dollar question is, would those privacy protections be different. And there is a growing sense that maybe uh, some of the privacy protections need to be updated for the technological reality that we live in, while still balancing the fact that we need things to operate in the sky. We are going to need drones in our airspace one way or another. Uh, how do you make that work? Well, there are, it maybe comes down to technicalities. You limit where drones can fly, but not you know, that they, they have sort of fairly free reign, or you create minimum altitude so they don't get too close to people's properties. Um, you know, that's going to be a bit of a legal battle, and um, it's going to happen in, in the next few years, and it is a vital step before we see drone deliveries sort of nationwide. So to your point, it sounds like one of the issues we're grappling with is airspace. So who owns, or at least 
has the say in the airspace over any given piece of property? That's a fantastic question. And it's also a bit of a controversial question. As things stand right now, it's actually owned, if you will, or regulated, controlled by the federal government. Uh, that is to say that you can't just sort of <laughs> point up at the sky above your house and say, I own that. That's my property. No, it's not your property. No one owns it. And you can't regulate it. You can't suddenly say that you don't want airplanes you know, flying over your property at 30,000 feet. No one's going to pay any attention to you. Uh, the, the airspace system, according to the federal government, only works because it is controlled by one entity, the, the, the federal government. But again, that was a system that was created, established before we had drones flying at low altitude in such vast numbers. And there is a growing sort of level of agitation from state and local governments to take some control over their airspace. And the FAA is not going to have it. The Federal Aviation Administration is very much against that idea. Um, so again, it's going to be a, 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 a bit of a battle um, really defining where drones can and cannot go, the extent to which people have a say in that. You want to give people some level of a say in, in what happens over their heads, of course, but you can't let them dictate all of the rules, especially at a sort of very micro-local level. Um, so it's, a, it's very much an open-ended question. Uh, you, you really touched on one of the key points of drone deliveries that people don't often think about. All right. Well, you're going to be hit up at parties with that. So, but but in general, as you look out uh, into into the decade of of the 20s, what do you see for drone delivery? I know we're not there today, and we do have a lot of obstacles to overcome. But what do you think are the milestones, and what's going to happen over the next decade? I think we're going to continue to see this process of uh, small iterative baby steps. Um, and these play a very significant role because it's not just because they don't have the resources or the technologies there, not there yet. It's because they want to demonstrate largely to the regulators that, hey, this works, this is safe, we're not hurting anybody, we can balance concerns against benefits. And as they prove that more and more, the regulators say, okay, we'll open things up, we'll create rules to allow this to happen. Um, my sense is that we're not going to see wide-scale sort of national drone deliveries in the next three years, probably also not even in the next five years. Um, in part, that's not because of the technology, it's because of the rules. The rules have to be established to allow that to happen. And as we know, rulemaking takes a long time. Within the 10-year time frame, you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out, um, but it's not happening tomorrow. This is going to take some time. I can be, I can be certain of that. So we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. Oh, my pizza's going to get cold, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. <be> very cold. <laughs> Arthur Holland, Michelle, co-director of the Center of the Study of Drone and New York Bards, Bards College and Arthur of Eyes in the Sky. Great book, Ar Arthur. In fact, the, what's the full title of your book again? Eyes in the Sky, The Secret Rise of Gorgon Stare and How It Will Watch Us All. What a great title. And, and how, if somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to get a copy of that book. How can they do that? Well, uh, they can uh, 
find me on Twitter. I'm at writearthur, W-R-I-T-E-A-R-T-H-U-R. They can also uh, go to my website, which has all of the relevant information. It's my name, arthurhollandmichelle.com. You can find everything there. Sounds good. Thanks again for joining us. And if you guys want to find uh, more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.